Dosri Nune Gor Holodeck Cash. Welcome to the Holodeck is Broken, a Star Trek rewatch podcast. I'm your Captain Laura. I grew up watching most of Star Trek. I'm your first officer, Mac. I've watched way too much Star Trek. I'm Eris, your communications officer, and I've seen some of it. I'm Z, chief security officer, and I have no idea what's going on. Our seven-year mission. To rewatch all of Star Trek from the very beginning. Boldly going where everyone but me has gone before. Hi, everyone. I'm Laura. I'm Mac. I'm Eris. And our security officer, Z, has merged with the entity known as V'ger. <laughs> And will return one day. Anyway. <laughs> they will. They will. Yeah. They, they will. will. This week, your away team is going to introduce some very important characters into the Star Trek yes. canon with Journey to Babel, which I have been, for some reason, for the entirety of my life, saying Babel, Journey to Babel, when Isn't I refer to this Babel? episode. It's I, Babel. It's supposed to be, well. Kirk I, says Babel every time. Anytime anyone says Babel, Babel they say Babel. Well, like in, in Star Trek. Right. In Star Trek, yeah, yeah. In the real, like, the current universe we're experiencing, yes. I believe it's pronounced Babel. That's what right. I always but heard Kirk it But is apparently from an alternate universe where they yes. pronounce it Babel. And he's well, the only one that says it out loud in the whole episode. In... Maybe he's just wrong. <laughs> Maybe, but I'm going to go with what the episode says. But if you so think that's... about, like, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, isn't it a Babel fish? That they put in your ear to, I think they pronounce it Babelfish. I think you're right. Um, oh. So, is it a British pronunciation, perhaps? Oh, maybe. maybe. Because I also know that, like, the app, the language learning app is called Babel. Yes, but right. it's spelled differently. Is it? I think That's there's like... two Bs, but it's not B-A-B-B-L-E. I think it's B-A-B-B-E-L. I don't know. There, there's too much. There's more to analyze in this episode there than, is. than how to say Babel. <laughs> but um, how we're going to go with Kirk's Babel. interpretation of I, it. Because it's the only way it's referred to in the episode okay. out loud. And, of course, I had to spell it phonetically on every note that I've got. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he sure did. B-A-Y-B-E-L-L. <laughs> Journey to Bluebell to, you know, the, the little Bluebell cheese. There we go. Yeah. That's what yes. Journey to Bluebell cheese. Bluebell <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Friday's Child was the second episode. Oh, <laughs> also <laughs> Friday's Child. Look, we're going to that one. We're going to stick with this journey to Bluebell Cheese for a while. Um, <laughs> because I, woo, I have a lot of things to say. I have, I have notes. Um, I got, I got stuff to say about it. <laughs> yes. I think you should lead right on in then. <laughs> okay. 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 First, I love this episode. I, I knew <laughs> you like, would. I knew you is... would. This I was half expecting Ben Stiller to come out and be yeah. like, I'm gonna have a rom com comedy about meeting the parents. <laughs> like that's almost what we got. I mean, there for half a second, I was just like, wait a second, that's that Romulan guy. Then I was like, oh no, that's yeah. Spock's dad. And I just lost <laughs> it. At that point, it was just a magical journey. And <laughs> and I was like along for the ride. And I was like, <sighs> I mean, like, for reals, I paused kind of a little bit before halfway through the episode and I turned to my husband and I was just like ah! and like pointed at the TV screen and he just like did the CJ equivalent of that's nice dear and then I had to go back to the episode <laughs> I don't think I was coherent at all I was just like pointing I, I as you've watched the show you have proclaimed your your standing of Spock and specifically Vulcan cultural mores 
<laughs> I mean, and I knew this episode was coming. I'm like, Eric's gonna have a good time with this one. <laughs> I did. There was so. Oh, I'm like, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm gonna say this, and I'm, I'm maybe I'll regret it later. But I'm gonna say it right now. I totally understand why his mom married his dad. I'm just like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I say that too. <laughs> I'm like, I see it. I really, I, I do. Like they had a really loving relationship. I mean, you know, cross species. Like, well, that's got that. That had to be difficult. Like, you're not just talking about cross culture. This is cross species, and like they made it work. And like, look at their son. And here's, oh, I learned so much. I was like, I was like taking notes i'm like i'm ready to write a textbook about like oh i can't i love this episode i'm gonna get a whole degree and this will be my dissertation <laughs> like, okay so i'm gonna i'm, Anna, gonna, I, I I'm gonna be concerned now because i i had a feeling you would be if you weren't I, i'd be off the podcast <laughs> No, no, I'm like, why? Like, I thought you'd like this. I did, I did. There was a lot of stuff that we got from this episode, and I also really like how it was structured because it's still sci-fi, obviously. Like, it, there, there's this, like, here's this very important diplomatic mission that we're helping with, you know, and, like, here's this whole, like, you know, spies in space aspect of it where you have, like, this, like, high-ramped-up danger, and then they loop it all really well with the whole, like, um, the emotional storyline, the emotionally constipated storyline of, like, Spock trying to figure out, like, how to balance his weird, I don't have emotions, but I definitely have emotions with his, like, I am a sworn officer of the Starfleet. Like, I have obligations. I have regulations I have to follow. Like, I am in a pseudo-military. There's orders I have to follow. And it's like, but my dad is dying. <laughs> and it just, there was a lot of this that's really good. And I also, like, I... We'll probably end up re-watching this episode, not gonna lie, to nice. mine it for like world building data about how Vulcans work. Um, I am, because I am, I am so now more intrigued about how Vulcan culture works. Yes. I am so tempted to send you like a list of tie-in novels that deep dive <laughs> into Vulcan culture to see if you were you were interested in them. Because they it's like a whole subgenre of those books of just like Vulcan specific do. Okay. You send it, them to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let me know. Happen. Yeah. Because um, I'm just like, I like Vulcans all the more. And the thing that I'm slowly leaning towards, well, I actually think, I think his mom is leaning towards or has already figured out that uh, the whole Vulcans don't have emotion is a kind of a total lie. They absolutely do. They just don't mm -hmm. acknowledge it. They're just right. emotionally constipated all the time. Because like his uh, dad yeah. is a Vulcan and he definitely showed emotion multiple times during this episode. Absolutely. <laughs> Also at the end, uh, with the whole, <laughs> with the whole, like, it was like, log I, I thought it was logical at the time, you know, to like marry, uh, you marry your mother. And then like, and then Spock and Kirk start <laughs> kind of doing this weird dance. And then, and Bones is just standing there like, shut up all of you. <laughs> and I, mm, family moment. <laughs> yep. It really was meet the parents. This was a meet the parents episode. This is yep. all that was. Also, did you notice that that like weird pig man had red nails and his manicure was super tight? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but his face mask was not. <laughs> his face mask was not, but he had a great manicure. And you know, I respect, I can respect that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, they definitely uh, improve the Tellarite look in later shows. But you don't often <laughs> see Tellarites. Not often, but yeah. this one is looks like 
a pigman mask that they borrowed yeah. from Twilight Zone or something. That doesn't <laughs> it even, might very well be. Yeah. It doesn't even fit the actors. Like their eyes are like too are are not where their eye holes are. Like, I, know. <laughs> I was like, this is a really bad animal farm. I think <laughs> this episode, like beyond the like me just fangirling for Vulcans for like eighteen minutes. Uh, I don't think it's been that long, but it feels like it's been that long. Um, uh, if you don't hit twenty three, I think you're twenty three minutes. I, I think think the really the audience is not getting their money's worth, which is dumb. <laughs> Uh, out of this podcast. I liked this episode beyond the Vulcan thing for how many different alien life forms basically we got to you like there's it's very human heavy this series until this episode where they like you get to see like this lounge like like where all the diplomats are smoozing and like only less than half the room is like strictly speaking human. Yeah. I mean you've got like the weird like you have the the blue people with like the antenna Things. You got like the pig people, you got like these little tiny gold people. Like there was just a ton, like you get to see like this really felt like a sci-fi show, aesthetically mm-hmm. speaking, at this point. It wasn't just like mm, future military. Well, this is also kind of the first time it really felt like the Federation, because the Federation isn't just Earth and Vulcan. It's mm-hmm. all these other planets yeah. and it's stuff that I, I don't know if we get to see more of this in the original series or not, but like definitely when we get to some of the the first movies, like you get to see so many different species and how like the president of the Federation is even not a human. And there's there's just a lot okay. of cool stuff to explore. But yeah, you're right. This is the first time we really get to see more of what this world actually is. Yeah, it, this this felt very, and I know uh, technically speaking in the chronology of like um, when we got this show versus when we got Star Wars, like Star Wars hasn't happened yet, but this feels like the um, cantina scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just walk in and you're like, man, there's like aliens everywhere. <laughs> they um, even upped the, uh, the culinary repertoire and added blue chunks to the yeah. diplomatic spread. Because that's what Andorians eat. Oh, they only eat blue food. <laughs> yeah. That's how they get blue. <laughs> you know what? I've had those days, you know, where you're like, that's it. This is the this is the color that I'm eating today. <laughs> as long as it looks like that. Up until now, we've heard about, you know, Starfleet and the Federation and stuff like that. But it always seems very like, oh, we're just vis- visiting like human colonies. Yeah. Or, you might get an android or something or like a singular life form that ends up being like the monster kind of thing. And you're like, okay, this has a lot of <clears throat> imperialistic colonial attitudes. Thanks. <laughs> um, but this is where I was like, oh, we really did work together to try to like anybody who we could communicate with. They were like, join the club. This looks great. Let's just work together to get stuff done. And you're like, okay, yeah. It will frequently cause diplomatic relations to erode, I'm sure. But, like, yeah, this was a good episode. I really liked it. And I can just go on for, like, another three hours about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curating you a list of, of, of Vulcan deep dives. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's so interesting because there's one moment much later on that, in retrospect, now reminds me of you. 
mm-hmm. in the, the Deep Space Nine episode where they Forrest Gump their way back into the Tribble episode, there's a <laughs> moment where two of the characters are, uh, a woman is looking at Kirk and Spock are in the distance talking, and she's like, I just, I had no idea how attractive he is. Look at those eyes and the hair. <laughs> and, and and Cisco's like, well, you know, Kirk was quite the ladies' man. And she was like, what? No. <laughs> Spock. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. got it going on. <laughs> That's my friend Eris. <laughs> yeah, uh, yep, it me. I'm just yeah. not even gonna deny it. It me. Yeah. <laughs> I was in that episode. <laughs> it's a good one. The the sort of plot line of the mysterious signal to the alien ship, I think, is a little flimsy. But the 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 interplay between Spock and his parents is so good that yeah. you you forget about it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I and I and I get that I think part of it was just because they really wanted to have this operation be like literally rocky. So they're like, well, what if we blow up the ship while Bones is trying to do this operation? You're like, all right, well, how are we gonna get the ship to blow up? Like there's a bunch of diplomats. I'm like, I don't know, spies, I guess. And like but I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it seemed a little bit more like literally a vehicle for the plot to move forward. Um right, right, okay. but there are two scenes where Shatner has no shirt on. <laughs> One of them, he is being treated for injuries, and that kind of makes sense. But one, there is zero reason for Kirk not to be wearing clothes. <laughs> well, because he's the, he's the slutty boyfriend. I guess. <laughs> I, the, the scene where they're in engineering, and, and Amanda and Spock are talking. Uh-huh. Uh, and and Sarek calls for her and says, wife, please attend. And then Kirk... <laughs> also calls for Spock to come by too. And I, I was like, Spock, you are my wife. Please attend. That was the moment where I was like, I mean, I knew this was meet the parents as soon as they walked off of the shuttle, basically, mm-hmm. or they're like, oh, it's Spock's parents. But at that point I was like, oh, it's not just meet the parents. It's like, it's like a wink and meet the parents episode. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, okay, got a couple up, you know, that scene right there. Cause like then whatever. Sarek gets all pissy and he leaves because that's the point of the of the movie where like ah oh, this is where there's a father son tension happening <laughs> like mm-hmm. oh we got to dig into that past history now and then Amanda talks to Kirk who I think in this model honestly Kirk is the girlfriend if we're if, the, if we're going off of those classic rom com movie archetypes or the or the <laughs> submissive maybe I don't know yeah. Right, right. I mean, obviously, yeah. Kirk is the boyfriend, but, um, yeah. you know, the, the mom takes him aside and it's just like, well, eight, you know, it's been 18 years. And, you know, like, and like, this is literally like beat for beat the rom com Meet the Parents episode, uh, Meet the Parents movie mm-hmm. kind of structure. Um, yeah. And I just, I liked it. I liked every minute of it. I was just like, yeah. This is not the last time we see these characters, clearly. It's the last time we see them in the show. We don't see another Sarek and Amanda episode in the show. Yeah, this is their only appearance here. But they are in the movies. In fact, I did the math. There's six uh, original series only movies, and Sarek appears in three out of the six. Oh, nice. Solid 50%. Yeah, and never just to appear. He has got, like, something to do with the plot, and he's always in there. And then Amanda is also in one of them, played by the same actress. Oh, nice. And Sarek even appears in The Next Generation once. Just once? No, twice. You're absolutely right, twice. Which is like, dang, because they they even made that um, comment, which, I mean, obviously to set up the whole heart failure issue, but they're like, you're like, didn't they say something like... um, 
oh no, maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting it wrong. Did they say that he is too young to retire, or did they say like, hey, like you brought, came out of retirement or something like that? They were they were making a comment about how old he was. I think it was a question of how young. Like he's just over. He was hundred and something. Yeah, hundred and two or something like that. Hundred three, yeah. something like that, and that it would be too young for him to retire because yes, a, a Vulcan could easily live to be two hundred plus. Gotcha. Okay, so that was. Okay, I knew that was obviously a nod to set up the fact that he has right. health problems later. Right. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but like as soon as he took out that little thing of pills and he, you know, at the smoozing party, I was just like, oh no, like oh, Sarah has got cancer or something. <laughs> I, was yeah. like, I was like, he had a little thing of pills. Like, oh, I know where this is going. But yeah, Spock had a teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's an animated series episode where we meet that teddy bear. Really? <laughs> I don't know if we'll get to that on the show because the animated series is a little bit wobbly. But yeah, we'll 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 come, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll just, uh, we'll just, we'll just do all the big Vulcan episodes. Wink. Yep, that's that's one way to go. Vulcans um, only. <laughs> let's go to our commercial. Break. Do you want to serve the United Federation of Planets? Do you not have a fake medical degree and can't con your way onto a starship? Then perhaps you are uniquely suited to the Federation Peace Corps, where we will send you to a planet. You will likely marry someone. Uh, there will be blue chunks. And then profit? The Federation Peace Corps. Making <laughs> peace. Our core. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> messages of social enlightenment this is our second episode we're recording today so we may repeat ourselves we may forget some things but this is a not comprehensive list of things you as humans should do in the 21st century to urge us slowly but surely to star trek's better future wear your mask and get vaccinated yes and wear the mask after you've gotten vaccinated that's true yeah. Yeah. You can still spread the disease to people who have not had the opportunity to be or vaccinated. Or who are immunocompromised or otherwise cannot receive the vaccine at this time. Right. Also, masks aren't the bad guy. You know, maybe continue wearing medical masks like during flu season. Yeah. Isn't flu down right now because people are... Oh, by an amazing back. amount. We yeah. had um, 400 hospitalizations when normally this time of year we would have 40,000. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe this actually works, and we should be doing this all the time. I mean, most other countries do do this. It's just we were the yeah. last holdouts. Much like the imperial metric system. <laughs> maybe we can get rid of that, too. Harris said, <laughs> the water is life. Black and trans lives matter, and black trans lives matter. Especially. Yes. And trans Stop people it. exist. Oh, absolutely. Stop it with the hate crimes. Yeah, just just full stop. Why? No violence committed against humans. Unless they're Nazis, I guess. Punch Nazis. You can punch Nazis. Uh, wear your seatbelts. Consent is not only important, it is paramount. Yes. Just fucking ask. And take no for an answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you are an alien space blob, maybe get permission from the lady whose body you're about to inhabit. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Consent, consent. That's last time's consent. episode, but it's a it good is. it's a it's still it's Call still back. valid. Be brave enough to be kind. Yeah. Don't make your DC superhero movie four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a social enlightenment message, but it is something that somebody clearly needs to hear. Yeah, that you might be targeting that to one very, very specific, specific individual. 
if you enjoy listening to our word mouth noise things, uh, you might also enjoy As the Myth Turns with your cultural er- interns. Eric! And me! <laughs> Not at all what they sound like. We are working actively to getting them back up on a regular show schedule, and but they will be findable on PartyApocalypse.com, where you can find books, blogs, movie reviews, and the fourth wall in its entirety. Eris, you stream things on various streaming services. Yes, you can find me on YouTube and at Twitch. Username is on, is the same at both. Eris O'Reilly, just all one word, no punctuation or anything. On my YouTube channel, I do games and art. A lot of it's Skyrim kind of related. Uh, but Twitch, I, I stream my art so you can come and watch me draw things. Um, and you pop into chat, I, I will draw the thing that you request like for practice. I'm building up my skills as an artist, so I'm, I'm not promising to be the best artist, but I'm not bad. <laughs> C plus. You got game. You got game. <laughs> Thank you. With that C plus garbage. Nah, come on. I'm, 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 I'm you're always learning. Let's put it that way. I'm, you're always That's learning. true for any artistic endeavor. We, we, we will never reach perfection, but it is in the attempt yeah. that we improve. Z is on TikTok. We believe strongly their handle is underscore. It's just Z underscore that I'm, 99% sure is their Twitter handle, and it may also be their TikTok handle. They are internet famous. I probably already follow them. <laughs> you pr- Yeah, if you're on TikTok, chances are you're already aware of Z. Yeah, they go viral a lot. Honey, you got anything? Not really. I am... I mean, I'm on Twitter. That's where I'm most active, but I'm even not that active. I'm not ready for TikTok. Although yeah. I heard you can kind of get into little niche areas of TikTok that could be kind of interesting. Like, yeah, that that could be cool. Maybe I'll try it one day. <laughs> I, I find I lurk a lot on TikTok because I watch a lot of like um, maker stuff. People who make things <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I, I'm gonna watch this lady make some candles. All right, cool. <laughs> I saw a lady that I thought might be cool to, to follow on TikTok. She's apparently like a psychologist who breaks down all the junk psychology. I was like, oh my God, I would love to watch you do that, but I'm not on TikTok. So I don't know. Maybe I'll join for her. <laughs> be prepared for you to send you a lot of stuff. That's true. <laughs> I, I, I don't know yet if I'm ready to dive into the sea of TikTok. <laughs> I can tell you without a doubt, I was not ready when <laughs> I signed up. That, I think we will go back to our episode. I am glad that my estimation of your estimation was estimated correctly. Um, I'm going to try that sentence again. No, I'm actually really, really happy with the way that turned out. And I'm going to attach myself. I can't even parse that syntax. Yeah. McCoy, he gets the last word in this one, but he he's bad at being a doctor again. <laughs> he has no idea what good Vulcan blood pressure is, and I'm like, dude, Google it. <laughs> yeah, I thought, uh, like, sometimes... Or ask the other Vulcan-adjacent right, people in the room, hey, what's a good blood pressure for you? <laughs> There's... I don't... Yeah. They treat bones so weird kind of all the time, but, like, lately, I feel like the last couple run episodes where he's more and more of, like, let's make him a the punchline to the joke or something like like you know yeah. yeah which i think is probably the right way to be right about now yeah yeah especially like don't don't keep making spock the punchline the joke because it just seems like bullying right because uh, because his punchline is basically like haha you're indifferent and i'm like mm. 
Yeah. Um, maybe that's not a message we should be sending out to the world. Just a thought. But yeah, and it's Bones weird because is- like our next episode that we're gonna talk about, like Bones is good at something that's not medicine. Like yeah. anthropology, he seems to be pretty good at. Right, <laughs> but- that, and he seems okay as a surgeon once he's actually performing surgery. Maybe mm. he's just an okay surgeon, and a lot of surgeons aren't very good diagnosticians or mm. have poor Most bedside surgeons, manner. Yeah, they're surgeons because they like their con- their patients unconscious. Yeah, yeah. They're like, I'm really good at the plugging the tubes into the right spots right. kind of person. They're like, I'm not good at the mental health or the emotional health or the whatever. Like, if you have a problem with your liver, I can fix it because I can get inside of you and make sure all the things are hooked up the way they're supposed to. After that... Isn't he supposed to be a space psychologist? Yes. Like, I thought yes. he had a degree in that. I think the only thing I would add is that I used to think that that fake kind of exaggerated Shatner Caden that everyone likes to do was just an exaggeration but Shatner himself was doing his own imitation in this episode and yeah no that cadence is very real (laughs) yes this was really kind of the first time it it went full Shatner yes (laughs) and you're like Spock Spock we need to get back to the bridge and I've definitely been stabbed I've been (laughs) stabbed in the lung that's why i talk like this i feel like baby mac you've told me before is it because he couldn't remember his lines like was there a reason that he tends to do that or am i just making that up yeah it was a little bit that trying to remember jargon heavy lines uh but also i think it's just shatner being shatner (laughs) he he was always very weirdly territorial about lines so i almost feel like if he made his lines work and his, his lines take longer, it would shove out everybody else's dialogue. Oh, okay. He was very notorious. I, if Sulu had a good line, he'd be like, I believe this should be the captain saying this, because he's the captain. Uh, okay, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, ugh, Shatner. <laughs> One I've, other- heard some, I've heard some stories about Shatner. None of them yeah. Yeah, yeah, lately I've been hearing more and more stories. Yeah. <laughs> Eloy, delight. Yes. Just a delightful person. Absolutely. And, and a, just a eccentric artist at his core. He stopped acting for several years and just did nude photography of plus-size women. Nice. Really? I've never heard that and not and, 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 and art photography. He just was not like, I'm in porn now. He was... <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he had exhibitions of it and stuff, and yeah. No, yeah. I mean, evening it out in the playing field. I mean, because they're like, there's a ton of tasteful nude photography of skinny right. girls, right. you know. Yeah, no, he he's. I he's, love him all the more. He's oh a quirky guy, and and oh. yeah. yeah, and the the oh. superior actor, like easily, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah. For uh, for wheelsies, yeah. honestly, this episode, like he he. As much as he he's still, you know, obviously he's very Spock, despite the fact that Spock, notorious for not showing anything on his face. Well, it's the acting challenge is to make memorable moments and a performance out of restricting the emotions. But then you think about it. I think that's what they kind of teach in acting school a lot. It, it the, the good acting is the thing you're wanting to say, but are, are tr- but are stopping yourself from doing it. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, because like he's not—he's—he's he's not the character is not the hard on your sleeve kind of guy, right. but like 
you could see the struggle this episode where he yeah. was just sort of like, keep it in Spock. Your dad is dying, but so is the ship. Like, you need to keep it fucking together. Like, you know? I hope they give him more moments like this to be able to, like, really stretch his legs. I get he, like, like Leonard Nimoy, to really show what he can do. I think you're gonna love Star Trek Four. Okay. Nimoy that, gets, gets me, yeah. an amazing... <laughs> Nimoy's directing at that yeah, point. Yeah, he he's directing, movies. but, like, his... Nice. His character's going through something in that movie, and so you you kind of see Spock in that kind of pure Spockness, and mm-hmm. Very yeah, nice. no, I think you're gonna like Star Trek Four. <laughs> I just I love Spock so much, and I just want <laughs> for him. I just want him to be happy. I just ah, uh, just uh, I just happy Spock. within his comfort level. Right, yeah, yeah, don't force, okay, yeah. first of all, don't force happiness on people, like, right. because it, it's very much not happy at that point, like, but, you know, let him do his own thing, achieve his own dreams, damn it, like, he deserves that much. <laughs> oh, he's such a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> he had a teddy bear <laughs> with six-inch fangs. <laughs> um, okay, and, and was, I, I love, was it Bones that he was talking to in that moment? Because mm-hmm. I love that, because... They were like, oh, he had a teddy bear. And he was like, yeah, with six-inch fangs. Like, you know, you humans couldn't handle my Vulcan teddy bear. (laughs) I mean, no, we probably couldn't have. But then again, like, I had cats growing up. So, I mean, be like, look at this cat. Yeah, it's fur-covered razor blades. What? (laughs) Yes, it will bite you and you will love it. (laughs) It's like, oh, look at the nipples. Be like, scratch, scratch, scratch. One other note. When Amanda slapped Spock, the lighting in that room changed. She slapped him so hard, it changed electrical fields. <laughs> nice. I yeah. mean, I did not notice it, but also, like, I was I was shocked at that moment because I was like, oh, it's like she slapped me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Everything about this was so good. And also, I, I like meeting the parents because yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I now understand a lot more about Spock. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, he was raised by these two. I get it. <laughs> That's true. We 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 don't get a lot of glimpses across all of Star Trek into Amanda. True. And so there's some there's a gut-wrenching moment with her in the first Christopher Pine movie. When you have these little moments, I think that means it hits different when you're like, oh, that's Spock's mom. Like yeah. she's not just this like random lady that nobody knows like when you've had little you know snippets of what she's actually like and why she was there and how devoted she was to her son that helps that that moment kind of hit more emotionally i agree what a firecracker Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean like i don't know exactly what the the build-up story of that was but like like i said it's cross species like she had to learn probably language and a whole culture and then a whole physiological culture kind of like like there is clearly some medical differences between Vulcans and humans. And especially here is this place where they are so against emotion. She is super cool. I want to learn more about her. Why was she there? Was she a scientist or was it like an ambassador kind of situation? How did she hold up on Vulcan? I'm, I'm thinking I, about that other line in Star Trek 4 now where she's telling him like... He, he's asking about emotions and 
she's telling him like, well, you're half human. Like as my son, you have emotions. And then he's like, you know, you should, you should explore these. And he's like, well, very well, if you deem them of value, like Mm -hmm. he's willing to explore that human side of him. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, he has respect for his human mother beyond just her ability to assimilate into Vulcan society. And there's that, scene in the first uh jj abrams movie i think you were referring to mm-hmm. where uh spock's getting ready to go through the vulcan ceremony to purge all emotions and he's hesitating only because he doesn't want to insult his mother yeah by doing so and she has to tell him that you know i'm still proud of you no matter what you de- decide to do it turns out so are other vulcans haha i like to think that maybe she was like an anthropologist And then she's just sort of like, I really love this place. (laughs) There is at least some canonical evidence to suggest that she is a descendant of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Really? (laughs) Because Spock says in one of the movies, as a ancestor of mine maintained, if you eliminate the impossible. uh... Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't think it's that Sherlock Holmes is his uh, ancestor, but Doyle (laughs) certainly could be. That's neat. That's real neat. Also, didn't unless Spock was just write flexing. histories and textbooks, yeah. or that Spock likes to jerk the humans around a little bit from time to time, being like, "Yeah, well, like, I'm related really to all cool the famous that, people." Man. That would be hilarious if that was part of his personality on the show. As he was constantly saying, as a as a human ancestor of mine once said, and then just like quote every famous human that ever lived in history. <laughs> So everyone like, wait, so you're related to Abraham Lincoln and Jefferson and, you know, Frederick Douglass and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Like you're related to Sherlock Holmes, the literary character (laughs) of the 20th century, or are you, or technically the 19th century, or are you saying that you're related to the author of said literary character? And he's just like... Both. <laughs> You're just like, wait. He does, that, he does that in the sixth movie, too. He not he doesn't say uh, one of my ancestors, but he says there's an old Vulcan proverb that only Nixon could go to China. <laughs> I was like, really? Is that a that's a famous Vulcan saying? Is, is it now? <laughs> I, th- I mean... I think he's just messing with us. I think he has to be, because I think it's just part of, like, they're never going to check. <laughs> I'm the only Vulcan they know. God, I love Spock. <laughs> There's never really been a book that details the beginnings of uh, Amanda and Sarek's courtship, but... She's uh, an anthropologist. Call yep. on it. <laughs> she's an anthropologist, and she's studying Vulcan, and she got, like, a really cool, like, grant or whatever, and she's like, I'm gonna live in Vulcan. I'm gonna, it's gonna be great. You know, I'm gonna, like, like build up, you know, the human and Vulcan relations by learning more about Vulcan culture and being able to translate it into, like, human terms and all this kind of kind of cool stuff. And then she's like, oh, look at that guy over there. He hot. <laughs> it, does <laughs> es- it does establish that her vocation before being married was a school teacher. That's in canon. I think Spock even says at one point, uh, uh, my father was a Vulcan, my mother was a school teacher from Earth. Mm. Something like that. But she could have taught anthropology or, you know, had some sort of opportunity to, or I wonder if they had like teacher cores where you could go and like teach English in other countries. I wonder oh. if they like 
had okay. some sort of like exchange program where she could go teach on Vulcan and that sounds super neat and I really want that to be a thing <laughs> and then Sarek just like wandered into one of her classes by like mistake or something and was like hey, fine, I'm hot for teacher <laughs> of course now I have a picture of her as like a kindergarten teacher then Sarek is just sitting there at like one of the little tables and he's just like oh, I'm learning about her culture today a bunch of five-year-olds are like, who is this man in here? And why are they staring at each other like that? <laughs> oh, I just love yep. it. And so we then move on to Friday's Child. Now, both of the episodes we watched today have scripts credited to DC Fontana, Dorothy Fontana, one of the more noted writers of Star Trek. This one ain't as good, but I, <laughs> I looked at the production history on Memory Alpha, and it looks like the script got taken away from her and uh, uh, rotten buried up. Uh, so uh, that it, checks out. Yeah, de- okay. definitely, definitely has the stink of uh, something on there. Yeah, uh-huh. everything it just about the production of this episode seemed bad. Like there uh, were. I, I think the editor was on vacation this week because, like, there are really bad edits in this episode. I had to go back and rewatch to make sure that, like, my Wi-Fi wasn't buffering. Um, <laughs> but nope, sure enough, there's there's a there's weird film skip, yeah. cut where, like, they're moving and then they jump back in frame and start moving forward again. Like, it was just, it was awful. <laughs> yeah, there's weird continuity issues too because I feel like she burned her arm, two different spots on her arm. Like first it's her hand, her right, her her left hand, and then it's her right arm, and it's really weird. My biggest issue with this episode is that it's essentially uh, here's a bunch of white people play acting as ancient Mongolian culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I mean, just straight up cribbed from ancient Mongolia. I mean, like between the 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 way that they built their tents and like how they furnished it to like quasi like i'm gonna take the most interesting parts of their culture and make it into this you know aliens culture without like any deep dive it's bad there was a lot of ugging happening when i was watching this I was just like, yeah Jesus, here we go again it also felt very uh game of thrones like mm. oh yeah. Like Daenerys and uh, Cal Drogo. Very wrong, but it, it felt like there just wasn't any plot. They, they maybe had 10 to 20 minutes of actual plot happening. And then we were just going to run around outside for the rest of the episode. <laughs> we were yeah. going to have a baby for some reason. I, I... I don't know. The, the the biggest travesty maybe of this episode is that you have Julie Newmar and you are not using her to enough capacity to let her like have a good part (laughs) she was the best part of this episode and that's really saying something right i mean newmar is yeah i mean yeah and i oh my god so i was on board with this episode for only like the first five minutes right? Um, because we, we have you know bones giving a debriefing about like hey here's this time that i've spent with this culture um, so this is what I've learned. So this is how we need to go down and do things diplomatically with them because this is like how they view people. I actually like that yeah. part. Yeah. Fantastic. I was like, yeah, finally. They're not just going to zap themselves down to this planet and go like, I right. just hope they act like us. <laughs> like, right. You know, for once they actually like did research and homework and I'm like, I'm into this. And, he um, and then it just turns Kirk. out to be this. Yeah. He wasn't just letting Kurt could go down there and be like, all right, let's, let's force them to be like us now. Yeah. 
And then that's kind of what they did. Just let Julie Newmar be the leader without having a baby yeah. attached to it. That would have been a much more interesting. What if this was a, a female-centric society and she was, you I know, the queen over all of it? <laughs> I literally wrote down, I can't fucking wait for the day that they travel to a planet where women are in charge and men are offered in supplication. Oh, It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I get it. That's not necessarily very equal. (laughs) But at the same time, from my viewing pleasure, Mm -hmm. where I've had to sit through just decades of this type of storytelling of the men are in charge and here's this woman that's a ha-ha, you know. And I'm like, I just want one movie where it's the other way around. That way men can experience how uncomfortable this is. For once, (laughs) please. You will get your wish. Yes. Oh, thank God. I need men to dress slutty and for women to be in armor. Just once. (laughs) I almost got it in The Witcher. I really did. I almost got it in The Witcher. And I think that's why I like it so much. (laughs) The Netflix show, not necessarily the video game. The video game is... Anyway. Uh, (laughs) Going back to Julie Newmar for just a minute. Like, it's interesting. She is such a universal sex symbol, but she's content to appear in this episode as pregnant and not vamping it up Catwoman style as she would have, you know, just a year earlier. Yeah. Um, I am going to take the bold position and say she is the best Catwoman. I know that certain uh, Michelle Pfeiffer loving people in this household would disagree with me, but I uh, would put them both (laughs) right up at this, at the same spot. I mean, Julie Newmar is funny too. Like she needs more comedic stuff to do. They should have had her being funny on this show, but yeah. Oh well. She was almost there. There was a little moment where she was like, "No, only McCoy can touch me." I was like, hey, <laughs> "You got owned, Kirk." <laughs> but I was already in a weird spot mentally when I was watching this. Yeah, it, it's it's not great. Although this episode does give us a few more moments of Scotty in command on the bridge. And those are the best parts of the whole episode. (laughs) And he got to like ride up like a white knight to go rescue Kirk's ass. I was so excited. (laughs) This is true. He would never ask for credit, but I I think Scotty deserves more credit than he often gets. He deserves a medal. (laughs) (laughs) We spent a lot of time talking about uh, Journey to Babel, and I don't really have anything else on Friday's Child, and we're kind of hitting our show length. Does anybody else have anything on Friday's Child before we uh, wrap up? I think I would have liked more information about why... Some of the the people got fluffy purple sashes. What did that guard do to get a fluffy purple sash? I, I needed more an- anthropological information about that. <laughs> the only thing I really had was that none of these nerds have ever met a baby before. Coochie, coochie, coo. And I'm like, who says that? What? Oh, no. Spock or, you know, Kirk deadpan telling Spock that Coochie Coochie Coo is an ancient Earth dialect. I, that was good. That, that kind of cracked me up. But just bones, I'm just sort of like, you delivered this baby and you've never met one before, have you? <laughs> I'm just like, also, I, I, I know why. I know why. But that baby was absolutely a couple months old. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true on every TV show. Yeah, like, that's, yeah no, that's just every yeah. TV show kind of thing. But, and, like, at the same time, like, that's not a newborn. 
every time there is a a baby born on a TV show, I'm like, oh, it's a beautiful ten month old. <laughs> yeah, no, I I totally I I do understand why. I just still find it a little funny. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's more forgivable for th- this show because it's like you know it was like they didn't have the CGI capabilities that we have now where you could like I don't know find a photo or something. I guess <laughs> I don't know necessarily what have, you like. Do hyper-realistic models of newborn babies that they could use. Not necessarily make a baby entirely from scratch and CGI, because that way only chaos lies. Um, (laughs) See the last Twilight movie for reference. No thanks. Yeah, I'll pass. (laughs) I don't know, they could do something to make the baby look more like a couple hours old (laughs) than ten months old. This was the thing that happened, I guess. Here we go. And season two's trend of a great one and a not so great one. Yeah. yeah Every that's... other episode, they're nailing it. Yeah. <laughs> one day they'll yeah. get it together. That's kind of the, the trend of the movies, too. It's that's like, true. Yeah. Here's, kind of like, here's an okay movie. Here's a great one. Here's an okay movie. Here's a great one. They found a pattern that works well for them, I guess. That's true. Yeah. Next time, your away team will continue on with season two with The Deadly Years, with some very interesting old age makeup for our heroes, Ooh. and obsession when uh, Kirk is obsessed with something. What? Mm-hmm. Isn't that every episode? You yeah, mean he much. has an obsessive personality? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Until then, we will see you then. That doesn't make any sense. Let's try that again. Until then, we'll see you then. <laughs> Bye! Bye! <laughs>